This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Hanukkah, Hanukkah, Um I say a lift of Hanukkah to everyone. Thank you for coming tonight. Excuse myself for being so late, but I had to just get this whole this whole shit together. Um, so. A rabbi got up, and it seems to be every time a rabbi gets up and talks about um, twisted parenting, the whole world starts calling me. And um, a rabbi got up, who I very I'm not that close to, but he's he's a, a he's a he's an amazing speaker and he's an amazing person. And um, inadvertently, actually, he got up to speak to a bunch of parents that are struggling with their kids. Hashem should bless them. That the children find should find the derech Hashem. The Kedusha of Tahara, holiness and purity, specifically on Hanukkah, where it talks about the Arhaganas, the, um, the 46 hours that Hashem had this special light that was out in the world, and he saw that the Rishayim would use this light because nothing died in this light, nothing spoiled, and nothing died, and he, he saw that the Rishayim would use this light to do their evil, so Hashem took it back and he hid it. Where did he hide it? So it's brought down. He, hoarded, he, he hid it in the words of the Torah. The, 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 the hidden light is in the words of the Torah. But specifically, on Hanukkah, he brings the hidden light back to the world through the lights of the menorah. And that, in turn, by lighting the menorah, re- opens up the light of the Arhaganos in each one of us. Every one of our Neshamas have a hidden light, a secret light. And on Hanukkah, there's a certain feeling of this kedusha that comes back, that comes back to this world, and in that light, it's brought down in, in, in the Zayar, that in that light, when Hashem created the world, you were able to see the whole world. There was a certain light, you were able to perceive, and you were able to see the whole world. So in a way, right now, Hanukkah, you have that back in your soul, and these eight days you're supposed to use to, to find the hidden light that was in you. So I feel it's important that I speak about this, and inadvertently, this rabbi who got up to speak to these parents who were struggling, you know, people, we have opinions and we have thoughts, and I've spoken about, you know, um, twisted parenting, and, you know, you, you don't never know if you're like a million percent right. Maybe you're wrong, you know, maybe the other person's opinion is correct. But this rabbi got up, I don't think he meant to do this, but he proved that that's the wrong way to go. And that person has to have clarity and that that's not the right way to go. I don't think that's what he was trying to do, but that's what happened. I want to explain to you the shir went around, and I, I believe it happened about the Shabbos, I'm not sure. Um, and people want to know, Rabbi Wallenstein, like, what's the deal um, with Yitzchak's relationship with his son, Esau? So the rabbi was speaking, he was speaking with a lot of inner strength that... Um, Yitzhak had this twisted parenting thing with Esav, Yitzhak is Esav, he loved him, even though he, he brought away to Zorah, and, 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 and he had these women that were making, were, were burning Avay Zorah incense, and he did all the Averis that he did, but you see that Yaakov, and he kept screaming this, that, ya- that Yitzhak didn't throw Esav out. At the end of the day, he was telling his parents, you never throw a kid out. Because look, Yitzhak never threw Esau out. And I'm sitting there listening to them like, you see, it didn't work! 
Yitzchak didn't throw Esav out, and Esav didn't do tshuva. So, that's why you want to bring up your kids? That they should turn out to be an Esav? I didn't chop the whole thing. When people are calling me, I'm like, and at the end of the story, did it work? Yishmol did tshuva. We'll talk about why. But Esav never did tshuva. And his children are Amalek. And the twisted parenting that Yitzhak gave Esav created Esav Amalek and all the death and all the terrible things that have ever happened to the Jews is maybe because he should have thrown them out. It didn't work! How can you bring proof that that's the way to bring up your children when at the end of the day, if Esav would have done tshuva, come back, been from... I'd say, you know what? There is something to twisted parenting. He was doing a void He was doing everything. He didn't throw him out of the house. He brought women into the house. He brought Kananim into the house. He didn't throw him out. He did all these averis that he did. He didn't throw him out. And in the end, he came around and became a tzaddik. Okay. We got to back up, Wallstein. Maybe you're wrong. Look what happened. But this rabbi got up. And he did the best thing he could have. He actually said... The twisted parenting, not throwing him out of the house and loving Esau unconditionally and not criticizing him and accepting him and letting him bring, and letting him bring women into the house, girls into the house, and avoid Zora into the house and not throwing him out. So the end of the story is what? He stayed in Russia. He met his brother and tried to bite his neck, his throat, to, like, like an animal to bite his throat to death, and Hashem made a miracle that his teeth cracked because his neck became marble. Where in this story did the unconditional love fix Esau? So he's giving this, I'm watching this, and people are saying to me, that's the way, maybe that's the way you should do it. Look, you used to give Esau unconditional love. And I'm like, and product, the biggest rush that ever lived. That's what you want your kid to be? An Esau? A Malik? The Nazis? Now, Wallstein, how could you talk about Yitzhak Avino like that? You know, it's his fault that Esau was a big Russia? Yeah, the Medrash, I didn't say it. So one of the proofs he was saying is that, but yeah, have Yitzhak. Look, Yitzhak loved Esau, his bad boy, his boy that went off to Derech, his boy that did five Averis, five Cardinal Averis in one day. He, look, he loved him. And he's telling the parents, you gotta love your bad kids, or your challenged kids. There's no such thing as a bad kid. You have to love them. Look, Yitzhak loved them, but he forgot to talk about the second part of the Pusik. And you can't fight with Rashi. We're not changing the Torah. It's not twisted Torah. You can't twist the Torah. And it says, but you have Yitzhak as Esav Kitzayin Befid. Why did he love him? Because he fooled him. Not because of unconditional love, just the opposite. He thought, not that his kid was off the derech. He thought his kid was a tzaddik. He didn't know that he was off the derech. Thug Rashi, b'fiv, shal esav, shahayitzot esay, umir mahu bidvarav, medrishtaf luva. He fooled his father. He tricked him with his words. So it wasn't unconditional love of a bad boy. It was he loved him because he thought he was a good boy. I didn't say anyone here that he knew that he was a Russia and he loved him anyway. He didn't throw him out anyway. He came and asked him, do you have to get mice from straw? He fooled his father. Okay, what happened to his Ruch HaKadosh? What happened? Okay. 
There's all, all kinds of mephorshim on what happened. At the end of the day, Rashi, Kenagot with Rashi, says, I love him because he made me think he was a big tzaddik. Yitzchak asked him, where'd you go today? He didn't tell me he went out messing around with women and smoking pot. He said, I, w- I went to the base of Talmud. I went to Yeshiva. And in Yeshiva, I had this question. He totally fooled him. He fooled his father. His father loved him because he thought he was a tzaddik. And then, it goes further. How did, how did, how did Yitzchak allow the smoke that came in, right? What, there was smoking pot in the house? What was going on here? His eyes became dim. He couldn't see. Right? And that's when he told them, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. Right? And later on, we find out why, we'll talk about this, find out why, um, and then he went to Yishmael. But in the meanwhile, it's a fa- fascinating... Okay, so first, I cannot say that Yitzchak caused Amalek and caused Esau, but the Medrash Rabbah says it. I don't say nothing. I don't say anything anyway. I have no opinion. Wallstein has no opinion. Wallstein, you have a different opinion. I don't have an opinion. I, I, I read stuff from the Torah... And you don't want to believe that the Torah is alive today and it's different and everything's different. Then pigs are different and lights on Shabbos are different. You want to start going different, then we got to go different with everything. So I, I'm going to read you the Medrash Rabbah. And the Medrash Rabbah says, It's coming up. A person who, who doesn't use the rod, right? I'm not saying the rod, but doesn't teach his child consequences and doesn't discipline, right? In the end, there's going to be a big, a big, a big price to pay. But Okay, he goes on. He says the following: Anyone who 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 who, who stops his kid from discipline and teaching him consequence and, and right, In the end, that child is going to go way off the derech. Okay, no discipline. You give him whatever you want, and you buy it for him, or you do it for him. I'm reading a Medrash Rabbah. It's not Rabbi Wallenstein against just the parenting, none of that stuff. I'm reading a Medrash Rabbah. You deal with it, okay? The Medrash Rabbah says, Save ball And not only that, in the end, you think the kid's going to love his parents for it? Medrash Rabbah. He's going to hate you for it. She came with Tinu right? That he was making all kinds of trouble. Gugu him. I love him, but like we know, and Abraham Avinu didn't discipline him. and he went out. He did some really bad stuff, Yishmael. but he came back. And I'm going to tell you the difference. Why? Why did Yishmael come back with Abraham Avinu's bringing him chinuch, and Esav did not come back with Yitzchak's chinuch? Manashtana. What's the difference? Yishmael was a big rush. Okay, so one answer is Yishmael had a bris milo. Esav never had a bris meal. He was an oral. So that withheld him from that Kedusha. We know Avraham Avinu gave you Shmuel. But it's a little deeper. We'll go a little deeper than that. Anyway. And, and Avraham Avinu threw him out. Maybe Yishmael had no choice. No, no. We're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn something with you. You're gonna, I'm going to give you the answer. What did Yishmael do? When he's 15 years old. By the way, a lot of the trouble that we're having with kids today is 15, 16 year olds. Hitler would tell him in Ashok, he started to bring a uh, Zara, right, from the street, and he played with it, he, whatever, and he served it, right, like he saw other people do. And Sarah saw this, and she yelled the lavra, 
And she, he was doing this in the house. So it was affecting the other kids. Not outside the house, you want to go to a hotel, you want to do your stuff in the street, you want to buy your own stuff. That's not what happened. No, we brought him in. We twisted it. We brought him in. We let Yishmael in the house. And, 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 and so man was like, oh no. You want to do your stuff? Do it outside. Because you're affecting the other kids. You're affecting Yitzchak. They were doing Avoy Dezara, right? I'm sorry. You're not, you, you don't have a right to sacrifice one kid for another. Maybe! Not for sure. Maybe the other kid is going to learn from what he's saying. Maybe. So, Avraham Avinu didn't like this. And they went, he went to ask Hashem. And Hashem said that she's 100% right. Okay, I don't even want to sit over what the Medrash Bible says. So it says that Avraham got up in the morning and he took bread to tell you that, that, that he, he disliked Yishmael. But we'll see, we'll see later on what happened. Okay. Vayehav, which is rabbi, this is what the rabbi spoke about. Vayehav Yitzhak is Esau. Esau was a bum. Esau was a lowlife. Esau went against Hashem, went against the Torah, went against everything. And the Torah says that Yitzhak loved him. So we see unconditional love. He did everything wrong, Esau, and he didn't throw him out. The Tichel Yatzel was rough. That's why he went to do, this is what the Medrash Ramah said, that's why he did what he did, because his father showed him love, even though he was doing the wrong thing. He didn't criticize him. He didn't discipline him. He just let him do whatever he wants. And one day he did the five worst of Aerith. What did he do? He raped a girl that was, that was engaged. He killed the person. He said there's no other world. He said there's no God. Okay? And he embarrassed the Bechaira. He embarrassed it by selling it. That's how he embarrassed it. He wanted his father to die. So he could kill his brother. And he made Yaakov run away from his parents. And then... He went, listen to what the Medrash Rabbah says, he went, Eitzel Yishmael, well, I know my stuff, but I don't know the Arab stuff. Let me go learn some more. Lumi men raw, to learn more bad things. And to add women to his harem. Okay, and then he says, the same thing happened with David and, and Avshalom Beno, Avshalom was totally off the derech, and he did it, never criticized him. He went out to do bad, right? He wanted to kill David. He slept with his palakshim. It's not normal. Thousands and thousands of Jews followed him and were killed. Sheilahem Saif. There was no end to it. As it says, Miserable David, Vashmele Avshalom. David Amalek had to run away from Avshalom. And this, this is worse than Muhammad's Gogo Magog. person who has this in his house, it's worse. Right? And the same thing happened with David So, it's very clear that 
It doesn't work. To Medrash. So the Medrash says that by Yitzchak not disciplining Esav, Esav ended up where he was. And Yaakov goes on to say, we did discipline. And Yitzchak, who Avram did discipline. And Shlomo Melech, the David Melech, did discipline. All of them turned out okay. So at the end of the day, the, the Vayav Esav According to the Medrash Rabbah, the unconditional love, and you can do what you want in my house, out of my house, whatever you have, created an Esau, and Esau is a Molech, and a Molech is the greatest enemy of God. That child came from a house because the unconditional love of Esau was allowed to be in the house. It's the opposite. It's the wrong thing. The product of it, I think he was going, the rabbi was going in a different direction, but the product of all this love an allowance is Asaph. That's a proof that it doesn't work. That all this love and all this stuff and allowing all this stuff and all this twisted stuff ends up producing an Asaph. And the non-twisted stuff and the discipline and the consequence ends up producing a Yaakov and a Yitzchak and a Shlomo HaMelech. So if you do a lab test, if you're testing out Two derechs. So someone came to me and says, we have two derechs at Wallstein. One derech is let them do whatever they want. Don't say anything to them. Buy their stuff. Let the, the girl come into the house. Let's, let this all happen. That's one derech. And the other derech is, no, you can't do that. You can't sacrifice one kid to the other. And you have to discipline. And there has to be a consequence. Now, Wallstein, which one should I choose? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not God. Let's look in the Torah. Let's look in the Medrash Rabbah if you want to look at it. It's the first Medrash in Be'ele Shmos. Let's take a look at the measure. And the measure says, let's compare. Yaakov was disciplined. Esau was not. You got a Molech. You got Esau. Esau, Sina, Yisrael. The Medrash says that in the end, the one that you give whatever they want unconditionally will hate you. It didn't work. Ramah, who spoke about this, it didn't work. It's very nice. It was great, and he let him smoke in the house, and he let him do everything. But Rabbi, who's at the end of the day, he stayed Asav, his head rolled in to the Ma'arasa Machpela, but he stayed Urasha. He never did Tshuva. It doesn't work. It's a proof that it doesn't work. You produced an Asav and an Aliphaz in that laboratory. It doesn't work. But what happened with Yishmael? Why did Yishmael turn out? I mean, we're not doing great with them, don't get me wrong. But Lemaisa Yishmael did tshuva. Why did Yishmael do tshuva? It's a fascinating, fascinating, fascinating Pirkei de Rebeliezer. And he says, I want to tell you that Avram, who threw Yishmael out without anything, okay? But Avram Avinu never forgot about him. And he went to visit him. When he was 27 years old, he was thrown out of the house. It's pretty old to get thrown out of the house. Yishmael went out and he married a woman from Aras Moyov. The Isa Shema, her name was Isa. After three years, it show you the love of Avram Avinu. But, but look at the Chinuch of Avram Avinu. After three years, he wanted to see his son. He missed him. He missed him. He swore to Sarah. I'm not. I'm going to go visit him. 
I give him a hug and a kiss, but I'm not going to get off the camel because she was worried. If he got off the camel, then he's going to go inside and it's not going to be good. Okay, he got there in midday. He got there in midday. And he found the wife of Yishmael. Where's my son? No, he didn't say, he didn't tell me who he was. He said, where's Yishmael? They went to pick dates in the midbar. Could you give me a little bread? I'm traveling. And a little water. I'm, I'm tired. I'm thirsty. She said to him, I don't got no water and I don't got no bread. Yishmael was brought up in Brahma house. And this is his wife. He said, okay. Could you give my son a message? Could you give him a message? She didn't say, he didn't say who he was. Tell him the following. That an old man came from Israel to see him. And tell him I have a message. That the end of this house is not going to be good. When Yishmael came back, he didn't, he, he, an old man came, he came from Israel, and he heard Yishmael the message that he got. So then he knew right away it was his father. Immediately they threw, they threw this woman out and Yishmael married another woman. Okay? After another three years, he came again to see his son. But Israel is Sarah. He swore, I'm not going to do this. I'm not getting off the camel. He got there in a half a day. And he found a new wife. Her name was Petuma. Fatima. It's an Arab name. Fatima. He said, where's my, where's Yishmael? They went grazing the camels in the desert. Could you give me some bread and some water? I'm tired. She brought out bread. She brought out water. Oh, I guess he got off the camel. Amar Abraham, Abraham got up. Number one, everyone who's listening, listen carefully to the story. He got up and he davened. He davened for his child. That the house of Yishmael should be full of good at all types of brachas. When Yishmael came back, this old man came. Got off his, asked me to eat, got off his camel, and gave a big bracha. Yada Yishmael, this is the secret of Chinuch, everybody who's listening. This is the secret. Yada Yishmael, Yishmael realized that even though he got thrown out of the house, that his father loves him, and his father has pity on him, and his father came to visit him, and his father, unbelievable, could you imagine, you throw your kid out of the house, and then you criticize him about his wife. Who are you to tell me that my house is not going to be good? You're telling me my house is not going to be good? You threw me out of your house. You have nothing to do with me. And you come one time to visit me. And you leave me a message of discipline and musr. That I'm not married well. How could you do that? You're out of my life. You finally come back in my life. And that's the message you leave me? Not I love you. I left him a message that I love you. I left you a message that I care about you. Because I show you that I love you by telling you, this girl ain't good for you, man. This is not a good girl for you. We live in Chesed. She didn't give me to eat or drink. How could you listen to him? Wouldn't you, if with my father, say, get out of here. 
You don't care about me? Says the, the says the um, what's it called the Piccadilliezer? No. How do you know that your parents love you when they tell you what not to do? When they care about your marriage, when they care about your life, not when they let you do whatever you want. Says the Piccadilliezer. Biyada Yishmal Yishmal now finally knew Sha'ad Akshav Rachmi Abu Elyov that even though his father threw him out, he's sitting at home and he's thinking about me. He says the Piccadilliezer. This is not normal. That Abraham Avinu never forgot his son. He sent his kid away because Hashem said he's no good. You got to send him away. Even though Hashem said send him away, he went to visit him twice. And he gave him musher. He gave him musher. What's the derech to be on? The Rebbe told the Gavosh and Ishtar. He left him a message through a Rebbe to get rid of his wife. It's not normal. In the end, because of this, not like the unconditional twisted love that Yitzhak gave Esau, and in the end, what was the end of the story? He remained a Russia, had a child, a Malek, who destroyed, who killed millions of Jews, was still Esau, sorry, as Yisrael. But Yishmael's chinuch, that he knew that he had a father that loved him, not because he let him into the house with all his garbage, but because he said, I know what's good for you. Get rid of that girl. That's not what you want. That's not what you need. And I'm always thinking about you. And I'll come visit you. And I'll be with you. Just because you're not in my house doesn't mean you're out of my life. It's a pig and realize it's not Rabbi Wallenstein against this or against that. And he's fighting everybody. I'm not fighting anybody. This is not a fight. This is a pig and This is a Medjushtan Chuma. This is a if you don't believe in all this, then throw out the whole Torah. I didn't write this. This is not my opinion. The end, the product was Esau. That kind of relationship that's being pushed ended up producing an Esau. And this kind of relationship ended up producing a Yishmo, who's a Rasha. But in the end, I'm reading to you, you did Shuvah. For a Musa, it's a, a great Musa. You can't, you can't change this to make, to make it what you want it to be. This is a Torah. I didn't write it. There's no rub that can get up and say, Rashi, you're wrong. Perkadeliyatha, you're wrong. Medrash Rabba, you're wrong. We live in 2017. You're all wrong. The Chumash is wrong. You can't do that. You can't do that. There's no one in the world that can do that. Look at the product. When you want to sell a product, you develop a product that fails, and you go back to the drawing board. And you try to figure out how to make that. I'm not investing in a product that's producing an ace of. That's what this product produced. Yes, and, and the rabbi that got up, yes, he gave him unconditional love, yes. He let him smoke, he didn't let him smoke. He let smoke into, he didn't let smoke into it, first of all, because the pain of watching of what these women did is really, is it machoik, is it was the smoke that made him blind? Or it was on the, the tears of the malachim that made him blind? But it also says the pain of the parents, what you're putting him through, that's what made him blind. Where do we get the human side? The pain of being off the derech on that level and doing your stuff 
and bring it into the house that he didn't throw him out of ended up making him blind. Is that a good product? Is that a good product that your father becomes blind and the child becomes an ace of? Is that what we're telling parents? That's what, that's, that's, that's what's going to be? That's what the Torah says. I'm going to read to him inside. And the effect that it has on others. So there's a sefer called Chadushe Halev in Pasha Toldos. When he ate ben Abam Shani, he was 40 years old, he took Yehudas Basberi Hachiti and Basmas Baselan Hachiti, but he had Mars Ruch Yitzchuk and it was very bad for, for Yitzchuk and Rifka. Kosov of Medrash Bereshit, Fatiana Mars Ruch, Lomel Yitzchuk, Tchila, why does it say first Yitzchuk, it was a Maras Ruch too, and then Rifka? Alidesha is a Rifka, Bas Kaimrim. Rifka was the daughter of a priest. In her house, they didn't care about having a Yitzhak was in a place where you couldn't bring a grain of sand into the house, right? They were very careful. He was much more sensitive to it. She, she knew that, that she had such a rasha, so she knew that she was dealing with Yitzhak didn't. Yitzhak was fooled. Tzayim b'fiv. Harei shekotfuk chazal batamarishan. Shrifka lo yitzhak amay Yitzhak hazeh. She wasn't so upset about what was going on like Yitzhak. Shal yinishay Esav oydiz avaydizara. Because the, the wives of Esav, they were serving avaydizara. Mishim shal yitzhak kairim. But she was the daughter of a guy who served avaydizara. And the Yafay Torah said, Chalila, don't say that she didn't care about Abu Zerah, she was Rivka. Don't talk about it, Sadekis, like that. They were doing all kinds of other things, and she knew about this stuff, so it didn't really. Okay, well, here's where I want to go. Hadvaram Mavhilin, it's amazing. She left her parents' house. She was three. Three. Before 60 years. She was perfect. She didn't do any Avaidazara. She didn't serve Avaidazara in, in, in Besuel and Lovin's house. She didn't serve it. She saw it. She saw it. So the rest of the family is not smoking pot and sleeping with girls and doing all this other stuff. Okay? They're good. But we're bringing it into the house. So they saw it. Rivka saw it. She did not practice it. Listen to what he says. But seeing it desensitized her. We can. This is what he writes. We can. Because of this great koya, hashba v'hakilkul shel chevra ro, the hashba and the kilkul of a bad group, shafilu umlo yuma mimaseim, lasos kamoisim, they bring it into the house, but you're not learning from it, you're not doing it. Etsem ho uvdushu woyes maseim, just seeing these maseim, these deeds, mekalkel es hagoshasov, desensitizes you. In Rivka, she had tzedekah, if Rivka, who was a tzedekah, the one of our imahos, had hashba, it had, it had an effect on her, that she saw this in her parents' house, kol shekain, this is what he writes now, kol shekain, she'onu mushba'om imah, 
that the things that we see in the house of our relatives and our friends surely will desensitize us even if we don't do all this stuff. But if I see someone smoking marijuana and I see someone bringing someone into the house and I see someone Michal Shabbos at the table on his phone because, right, so even though I'm the good girl sitting there, whatever it is, in the end of the day, even though I don't have a phone, he says 100% it's going to affect you the way that Voidizara affected Rivka, that she was desensitized. Mm-hmm. Another reason not to bring this stuff into your house in front of your children. I didn't write this. Go yell at Chudush Alev. I didn't write this. It's very, very clear. Medjishtan Chuma. Vayiki Zakein Yitzchak. Yitzchak became old and he couldn't see. Vayahav Yitzchak is Esav, Kitzayi Befiv, and he loved, Yitzchak loved Esav because he fooled him. Kitzayi Befiv, Vayitzar is Yitzchak Atzadik Befiv. He was able to twist it. He twisted it. All the Averis that Hashem hates were in Esav. He was bad. He killed people. Oh, so now what happened? Why, why did, why did, why did Yitzhak love him? I'm reading you a Medrash Tanchuma, Pasha's told us. It's not Rabbi Wallstein. When Esav came home from outside, what's the din in, in salt? He's a Russia. This guy was a low life. He fooled his father. He made himself into a tzaddik. He wasn't even real. He wasn't even a real guy. The time of Do you have to get miser? Well, you tell me Yitzchak. Yitzchak was in shock. Why am I robbing Wow, my son really is so dictic in mitzvahs. Where were you today? Yes, I would ask. He said, where were you today? I was in yeshiva. I don't know if that's the halacha. That's not what we learned. We talked to him. He fooled him. That's why he loved him. It wasn't unconditional love. He knew that he was doing bad. It's baloney. It's not what happened. Some of the Medjish says, don't make Esau into a tzaddik. He was a Russia. He was a low life. He fooled his father. He told him he was in yeshiva. He was out messing around with women. He was out doing every Avera. So he told him. Wow. But don't believe him. Why did Yitzhak become blind? This, I ne- this you never heard. You heard all the reasons. He came blind, there was smoke, he came blind, there were tears, he came blind so he shouldn't see the difference between Esau and Yaakov to give the bracha. There was a reason. Listen to what the Medjishtan Chumah says. He became blind, mitnation, estakil, bidmus, Esau harasha. He became blind because he looked at his son, who was a Russia. We know you're not supposed to look at a picture of a Russia. I'll show you maybe tzayid or machiloi, because this is very interesting. Also, oh, I can't say this. Nobody can say this. Only a Medjikan Kumar say that. Why did he, why did he fool? Why was he able to fool him? Because we know that if you take a bribe, right, mm-hmm. it blinds you. Well, he brought him always to eat, so he couldn't see clearly. I didn't say this. I would never say this. I'm reading to you inside. That therefore, he brought him food or machilo and he gave him to eat. 
Why does it say first that he was a Moiras Ruach to Yitzchak, that he was, he bothered Yitzchak? And then it says that Yitzchak became blind. He saw what he was doing to the Shekhinah in the house of Yitzchak. He took the Munais Kanan. And they were bringing smoke and, and spices and, and, and limitations to the Vodizara. And the Shekhinah left Yitzchak. And when the Shekhinah left Yitzchak, listen to this. When the Shekhinah left Yitzchak, it bothered him so much that he lost the Shekhinah. He became in so much pain that he lost his vision. Hashem said, I, 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 what's it called? I made him blind that he shouldn't see what, what, what Esau is doing. Like Abraham Avinu died five years before that he shouldn't see the Tzar. By the way, I just have to tell you something that I heard. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Someone came to me and said, Wallstein, I have a kid that's off the derech. You don't understand the pain of a parent that has a kid off the derech. He said, but I'm going to try to explain it to you. This is also from the Torah. He said, Hashem took Avram Avinu's life five years early so he shouldn't see that his grandson is off the derech. Do you know what five years of Avram Avinu is? Hashem understood that the pain of a grandfather, not a father, a grandfather, the pain of a grandfather seeing his son off the derech is so great that Hashem said, I'm going to take Avram Avinu off the world five years before. You know what he brings to the world every minute? He said, Hashem said, I understand, I cannot allow Avram Avinu to go through that pain. He said, Ray Wallstein, I'm not his grandfather, I'm his father. Do you understand the pain of a parent? Hashem understood the pain of a grandparent and killed him five years before he was supposed to die so he wouldn't see it. He said, you cannot be masi. You cannot understand the pain of a parent. And he brought a riot from Avram Avinu. He was 100% right. So Hashem said, I, 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 I have to get him out of here. He shouldn't go through any more pain. So they asked me a question. Why, why did Rivka become blind? She's also watching this. Rivka became blind? No, why didn't she? A made out of will break, but Since she was like the like the other women, and they are the, they're made out of the etzem of a of a of a man. Therefore, their etzem Yitzchak, who's made out of afa, were made, the men were made out of dust. He could not handle it. But Yitzchak, it says right. That's what he says. His his eyes became blind before. That he he made him blind so he would give Yaakov the brachas. you do a Yitzchak who He had no idea who was giving a bracha.
Hashem says, you'll see what's going to happen to Esav. And and then we'll have the we'll have the what's it called? We'll get back to Malucha. What? She's made she's made out of harder stuff. She wasn't as soft. She was made out of much harder stuff than. Uh, and she was also very desensitized. She grew up. With, she grew up with what? She grew up with it. What? Right, she had, she had, she took an antibiotic, she took a, a vaccine. She, right, she, 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 she grew up in it. So she was immune, more immune to it than, than Yitzhak was. But you see from here that, that he was definitely fooled, the whole thing that he was fooled. It's not, it's not part, you look at the two cases, you look at Yishmael and you look at, you know, and later on, it's interesting because he spoke about this. Later on, of, of the, 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 in the end, the one that, that Hashem listens to is, is Yitzchak. The one that got up and defended us was Yitzchak, and Yitzchak is Gevura. But just like Gevura is a strength to criticize and, and, and discipline and all that, it's also the Gevura is also the Swarm Bring, is the strength to defend. The same, the same lawyer that's a prosecutor can be a lawyer that's a defender. And, and Yitzchak, he goes through in the Gemara, it's the whole thing, he goes through in the Gemara, he says, if you break it down, you break it down, you break it down, you break it down, you break it down. We don't, Kleistrol doesn't really do that many Averis, they sleep and whatever, he goes through the whole Gemara, goes through the whole thing. And, and in the end, he's our defender, but, but, uh, what's it called? By Esav, so there's a whole discussion between Akash Baruch who, um, here he says the following, he gets a Gemara in, in Megillah, and the Gemara says, Amay Yitzhak Me'akash Baruch Hu, Yuchan Esav, come on. He's still my son. And I still love him. Have some pity on Esav. Amaloi, Kajboku says to him, Rashahu. He's a Russia. Amaloi, by Lamad said it. He has not, he, does, he has not learnt righteousness. He's trying, he's defending him. Is there not one righteous thing about him? Hashem, you can't find this is a father. This is important. And no one's arguing this. He's fighting. He's saying, you can't find one good thing about my son. <coughs> and he says that, that Yitzhak said, Esav did not learn Torah. And therefore cannot be held responsible for his bad deeds. Rather, they must be considered shaygeg, unconditional acts. Right? He said, good. He didn't learn Tyra. Whose fault that is, whatever. He didn't learn Tyra. Therefore, he's a Shaygeg. So, Akash Baruch Hu, have some pity on Esav. Oh, said Akash Baruch Hu. Really? He's a Shaygeg. He destroyed my base of Migdash. The Romans came from Esav. He destroyed the base of Migdash in Eretz Yisrael. And that he did intentionally. But that happened much later. No, this is talking about in the times of Mashiach. There's this whole discussion going on. In the end, the guy that was brought up, that he didn't learn, and he wasn't in yeshiva, in the end, it, the product that pro- was produced was an Esav, who in the end destroyed, and after that, Yitzhak said nothing. That was the end of the discussion. He ended up destroying our base of English, which brings us... This was the final product of Esav. Right. You have a good excuse. He didn't learn Torah, and he did it Peshage. Yeah, but he did be amazed that he destroyed our world. That's the kind of kid you're bringing up. It doesn't work.
So this whole Esav, this whole love of Esav, and how Yitzhak was, was uh, followed in this derech, okay, and, and that's the biggest proof to what we've been saying the whole time. And he followed in the derech, and show me the product. He came back, went to Terry Stroll, he went to learn, show me the product. What's the product? The product's Esav, man. Is that what we want to create? We want to create Esavs? And that the parents should be in so much pain that they should lose their eyesight? That Hashem should chasm Take them away before they can see their kids suffer, see where their kids are because it's so much suffering. Alright. It, it, it's not me. Don't, don't, you know, don't send me emails, whatever it is. Learn the Medrash, learn everything. I didn't twist anything. I translated the words as they are. I untwisted everything to straight pretzels, not a, not a twisted pretzel. The pretzel rod. You know, those, I like those anyway more. Okay, let's end with something on Hanukkah. This is the time, man. This is, you know, the whole, the whole Yavon, the whole Greeks, the whole thing they were doing was, was, was assimilation. They took away Rish Chodesh, because Rish Chodesh represents all our Yom Tovim. They took away Bris, because it's a physical thing that we're willing to sacrifice for God. That's Bris. And they took away Shabbos. Took away Shabbos. That's what's going on out there right now. They took away Bris. The generation that we have, no one's—they're not. No one's shame of bris. What's going on out there? Gaiish people and just whatever you want. Need the all this stuff. The shame of bris is needs a big, a big before shalema. And Shabbos getting killed with the iPhones needs a big before shalema. And Yantif needs a big before shalema. So we're right back to Rishchaydesh, Mila, and Shabbos. And this is what this is what this is what they want in assimilation. It's very fascinating that they, you know. Nobody knows this. I'm going to ask you a question tonight. Two questions. Which you have to say over on the table at Hanukkah. One question is, if you read, if you read um, Alanisim, it says, That means that they let them learn. The Yavanim came to make you forget what you learned. But it doesn't say they didn't let them learn. If you're telling me I am going to cause you to forget what you learn, means I'm letting you learn, and then I'm going to make you forget. Why did Why did it say here? And they they didn't let them learn. They didn't, didn't they let them learn. They made them forget what they were learning. That's number. That's that's a very big question, right? It's a very big question. No, because what 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 the Greeks were the Greeks were after was you want to learn Torah as a subject. They were very into learning. You want to learn... I'm sure they learned about Judaism in their schools, really. They were very into learning. They were very into school and learning and the body, whatever it is. So you can learn. You can learn it as a subject, but you can't live it. And we're going through that today, too. Torah is a subject. You have to remember this, you have to remember that, you, have to, you get a test, you get that, whatever it is. Torah is going to be forgotten if it doesn't become life. There were that also in the competition. Yeah, they were very big into competition. Everything was competition. Everything was competition. Everything was only the best, yeah. which is not what we are. But what they wanted to do is, you can learn it in school as a subject, Judaism, not a problem, but you can't live it. And that's what's happening. A lot of, a lot of kids today, they're not, they're not living it. No, they know it as a subject. They're not living it. So the Alanisim on, on Hanukkah, it's, it's about, it's about keeping the Torah that you learn, not forgetting the Torah that you learn. That's one. So Two. To I said that's. I'm, I'm talking about. Well, the Greeks were look, I am talking about Lashkicham Torah Zechah, and 
What did it say on the dreidel? What letters were on the dreidel? There was no miracle yet. There was no nace. It says when the Greeks came in, and they closed the yeshiva, they closed the gemaras, and they were playing dreidel. What were the letters on the dreidel? Nothing happened yet. And if it's blank, it's not a gambling game. You can't win. You can't lose. Ray Sasha asked this question. What was on the dreidel? I asked this every year to my school, in my class. What did it say on the dreidel? The what, it didn't happen yet. So they came, they were playing dreidel. What did it say on the dreidel? Says an unbelievable B'nai Yisachar. It said the same letters. Nun, Gimel, Heishin. How could they say that? There was no miracle yet. Those letters spell Goshna. Gimel, Shin, Nun, Hei. Spells Goshna. If you look in next week's parsha, when Yaakov came down to Mitzrayim, he was going into Golos. The first thing he said, if we're going to make it in Golos, we have to build the yeshiva. We're in Goshna. So go down, build the yeshiva, and then we're going to come. So that we don't, we have a place on Ari Mikra to go learn and to be safe and not to, not to assimilate. So the Chachamim put on the dreidel Goshna. Why? Because it was a very big, a very big gamble that the rabbis did, because once they start playing dreidel, and they're gambling, which is, the Greek mythology was, randomness, in other words, luck, right? It's all luck, there's no God, there's no real God, so it's all luck, so gambling is the proof of there is no God, it's luck. I got you know, I got the right cards, I got blackjack, you didn't, whatever, poker, whatever you're playing, it's a game of luck, it's a total game of luck. So the best thing the rabbi said is, if the Greeks walk in, and they're gambling, they're going to say, oh, we got them. At the same time, they may like it. And it may have to become a game that all the kids are going to play. So they wrote on it, Goshna, don't forget that we're in Gullus. And in the yeshiva that you're right now playing dreidel, that's our Are Miklot. So Hashem said, because you did that, I will take the same letters and I will spin the dreidel and the letters will spin and become Neskadal Yashem. And specifically on Hanukkah where the miracle is open, the candles lit, you know, lit and the war, so the dreidel is spun with your hand on top. So when you spin the dreidel, this is Hashem and the dreidel is the world and Hashem is controlling the world because you see in the nace of the candles and the war, you see Hashem's hand. On Purim, when the nace is totally secret, you want, you, 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 you have a graga. Now the graga, the hand, the world is on top and the hand is underneath. You don't see it. And therefore it's benister. It's, it's all benisasna. So, Hanukkah is the time to go into yourself and number one, to be a goshna, to, to stay in the, the four walls of yeshiva. And to be protected. And if you do a Goshna, then you'll have a Nes Kedali Yashem, number one. And it's also a time to find the, the light with, the light within. And that Torah should not become a subject. But that Torah has to become life. And if Torah becomes life, you'll never forget the Torah. That's what the Greeks wanted. The Greeks wanted to be Western civilization. They wanted to be a subject. And therefore, when he writes, and he doesn't write not to learn Torah, Lashkicham Torah Secha. To learn Torah, 
but to forget it as it is because it became a subject. I finished biology. Who here? You, you did biology. You got your you, you got your, your diploma, and that's it. Who knows? You don't remember it anymore. You don't chazer it. You don't remember it anymore. It's a subject. So specifically in Alanisim, it said So my bracha to everyone is that they should be matzliach with their children. Hashem should give them the das that they should be matzliach with their children. And, and the mistake that everyone has is that that discipline. And consequence and telling your kids what to do brings them closer to you. Aramavinu had the chutzpah after not seeing Yishmael for three years and throwing him out of his house to leave him a message. I love you. This wife is not good for you. And instead of Yishmael saying, Chutzpah, how dare you do this? He, the next time he came after three years, she was gone. He listened because he knew my father came and didn't leave me a message. If he came and he met my wife and he asked her for food and she said no and he didn't leave me a message. Unconditional love, whatever you're doing is good. He doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. He left me a message. He still cares about how my house is. He's telling me your house is not good. I read it to you, particularly Eliezer. He said he's thinking about me. He's still thinking about me. He still cares about me. He still loves me. That's very, very, very important. It's not me against this and against that and all that stuff. It's not me. I'm, I just took a liquid of the Torah. I didn't twist any words. I read it from inside. Whoever's listening to this year, I didn't say it, like look inside and say, I read the words. I read the Hebrew words. This is what the Torah says. Esav, that derech went really bad. Hashem said, wipe out Amalek, his... his Esav's child, Amalek, wipe him out. Wipe, uh, grandchild, wipe him off the face of the earth. He cannot be on this earth. I, Yitzchak, gave him unconditional love. But yeah, Yitzchak, he was fooled, he was blinded. And it didn't work. It just didn't work. It didn't work. The kid never came back. He still the derech. He never came back. And not only that, in the end, and that's what the Medrash says, he killed us. He killed his brothers. Six million Jews. The Romans wiped us out. It says the blood in Yerushalayim was running like rivers. They cut us to pieces. Nazis, what they did, all these things. It's all the Crusades. It's all Rome. It's all this guy that Yitzhak gave unconditional love to. It's all him. It's the Medrash, not me. Look what happened at the end. Look at the product. It doesn't work. He bit his brother's neck, his throat, to rip he throw it out with his own teeth. Is that what we want? Is that what I want my brother to do to me? Sometimes it just has to, you have to just bite the bullet. You know, it's, it was, it's very easy for you to say, I'm not saying it. Medrash Rabbah said it. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not judging Dabar Amalek, but look what happened to Avshalom. Avshalom was looking to kill his father. That's what he says. He was so nice to Avshalom, in the end they all turned around to try to kill the people that were nice to them. Because it's not nice. Nice is, you have a broken arm, Shefala, you have a broken arm. I had a kid that, that, that we were playing football, he fell on the ice, and he dislocated his shoulder, was popping out. And Atzala came, and they're not allowed to pop it back in. They took him to the hospital, and the doctor said, I am now going to pop your shoulder. And you know how they do it? They take the arm, and they go like that. And when they go like that, the pain is sick, you faint sometimes. You go like that, and pop! You don't, you don't, you don't need anything after that, you're good. You're good to go. You don't, they don't do anything. 
There's no cast. There's nothing. So, yeah, it hurts like all heck to get that thing popped in. So you want to be nice and say, ah, you can walk around like that the rest of your life. Well, the poor kid has a dislocated arm. He can't use it. That's not nice. That's not being nice. That's not loving someone. You got to pop it in. You got to pop it in. But after that, he's off to the races. You can go play ball. It's hard. It's very hard. I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, 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 that, that vort that that person told me, it shook me. That Hashem killed Avram five years early because as a grandfather, Hashem knew. And he said, he said even better. You know what he said? Avram Avinu had 10 tests. He was trying to explain to me his pain. Avram Avinu had 10 tests. The 10 hardest mistakes in the world. Leave your house. Okay, he said, Reverend Wallerstein, Hashem would not give him another test to see his, char- his grandson go off to Derek. Why couldn't that have been the 11th test? Because Hashem knew that that's more pain than any of the other tests and Avram Avinu could not have, could not have handled it. Avram Avinu, who handled shechting his son and all, going, walking into a fire, Hashem said, you got to die because you're not going to be able to handle seeing your grandson. So while you know, I'm dealing with my child, I was like, <laughs> that's Tyra, that's the same Tyra. The same Tyra that says discipline. I'm like, I, I can't even. If Hashem says, Abraham Avinu, as big as you are, you cannot handle watching your grandson go off the derech, so I have to kill you because you will not be able to handle it. You handle all these other tests. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. I don't know your pain. I don't know, and I'm not judging anyone. Whatever they do, whatever they follow, everyone who's listening, God forbid Rabbi Wallstein is not judging you at all. You do what you feel in your heart you need to do. I'm just presenting another side. You choose. I'm not telling you what to do, but this is the other side. But I don't understand. I, 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 this guy is, was, who came over to me, like I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't. I, Avram Avinu is a grandchild, not his child. Avram Avinu couldn't handle it. Hashem said he won't be able to handle it. He's got to go. Wow. Hashem should help all the parents that are in pain and all his children. In this Hanukkah, the light of the Or HaGunner should go into their hearts and their souls and they should come back. And the true Vayehav, the true love, not the tricking love, but the true love, Yahav Rivka, is Yaakov. That was love. She loved Yaakov. Yaakov didn't fool her. She came from such a bad place. She had such a great son who was sitting and learning all day. So she loved him for what he stood for. She came from a terrible place and she had this child that was amazing, who was sitting and learning. That was, that was Yaakov Avino and that product, who the measure says got Musa from Yitzchak, big time. The father of the shift they call. Look at the product he produced. He produced Kleisrol. You always invest in the product, man, not in the process. Never invest, guys, with your investment. Never invest in the process. Always invest in the product. Because the process might produce a very bad product. So you don't invest in the process. When you want to invest, show me the product that you produced. And then if I see it's a good product, I'll invest. The people who, who invest in the process many times lose a lot of money because at the end of the process, the product comes out totally wrong, totally different. So Akash is going to invest in his product in Klai Yisrael. 
this beautiful, beautiful Hanukkah. We should be Zaycha to light the Menorah in the base of Migdash from Harry Amen. I would just like to say a few words about the Gadol Hador that passed away last night. Um, Rav Steinman, um, I had a relationship with him. I'd like to say over um, a story about the Gadol Hador. So many, many years ago, I would say it's about 17 years ago, I went to see him to get a bracha to open up Ornava when I first opened up. So I came into him. I already gone many times with Rabbi Odessa. So we had a relationship, sort of, a relationship, whatever. So I said to him, I need a bracha. I'm opening a place for women. In America, the challenge is a lot of them that don't have anything to do at night. I'm opening up a place for women that they should come, they should learn, they should eat. He said, and he's living now in, remember, in B'nai Brak in that little apartment. He says to me, what time are you open and what time do you close? I said, I'm opening at 8 and I'm closing at 11. Now you have this Gol Hadar that's living in B'nai Brak. He looks at me and he says, and what's the, the, the Melech team, what are the girls going to do from 11 to 4 in the morning? I know that they're out till 4 in the morning. You have to be open till 4 in the morning. I'm thinking to myself, he knows what's going on in Brooklyn. At, at uh, 7-Eleven on Avenue M, like, like. So I said, okay, Yeshiva, I'm going to try, you know, to maybe extend the hours sometimes, maybe once a Shabbos. He looks at me, he says, how old are these women? So I said, 17 to 120. So he looks at me and he says, and I, I got in to see him right after he finished learning with like a group of like, 70-year-olds, like the group of the real big Tamil Chacham, he learned every day, he had many shiurim, so when they finished, I got in. So they were all still there, right? So they were all listening to this. So I said, so, so they were all like, they all laughed a little bit, it's 120. So Steinman looks at me and he says, what would be, if a Bible, if a wife, a woman will come, and Zivet Zayin 121, you're not gonna, t- you're not gonna take her? So they never heard him make a joke. He's not a joking kind of... He wasn't like a joking kind of Gadol Hador, exactly. So I said, well, if someone comes in there 121, I'll call the Rosh Hashiva and I'll ask him what to do. So he looks at me and says, Vet Nizayin. It'll never happen. So I'm thinking, because I may have asked him. So what's not going to happen? I said, oh, Rosh Hashiva, I may have asked him. He goes, no, that's not why. It's Ken Zayin, for that reason, he says. A revival, a woman, never says her real age. That's what he said. So you don't have to worry. And he laughed and he smiled. And they were all like, who is this American that got Rosh Hashiva to make a joke? So every time, every time I would go visit him, I would say, does Rosh Hashiva remember the woman with the 120 with the, the Bible? Yeah, yeah, or not. But he used to remember. He remembered. Okay. But that's not the story. This is an unbelievable to understand what a Gadol Hadar is. So I opened BCA 10 years ago in my high school, and we were struggling. Because as much as I did with the girls, from Sunday, from Monday through Friday, they would go home. And everything we did, they go home to a dysfunctional home and abuse. They came Monday, drugged up. So we were spinning on wheels. Got into Thursday, Friday, sent them home, got the same girl back that needed all the work Monday morning, did it all over again. I wasn't getting anywhere. So I came to the conclusion, I need a place, a house, that I can put the girls, so that way they're not spinning backwards. And Shabbos, they're there. They come back Monday, we go to the next step, and the next Monday, the next step. 
don't send them home. So I looked at a building and I said, you need $350,000 to work to make a dorm. It was a disgusting building with all brick, whatever it is. I said, okay, I'm going to my rabbi. So I went there to Israel. I always do every Yom Kippur. The day before Yom Kippur, Rabbi Adesra brought me to Rav Steinman. I come to Rav Steinman and it's the day before Yom Kippur. Everyone's coming to see him. And I, I get in, and I, I, I sit down, and I sit down next to him, and I say, Echtafa bracha. I said, for, for what do you need a bracha? I said, I have this school, and I told him the whole story, and it's going backwards and backwards, and I need to build a dorm. I need to build a dorm. It's $350,000. If she would give me a bracha, I should be able to raise the money right away. I said, I want to do this. The girls want to do this. We all want to do this. It will be very helpful. He looks at me, and he says, who says that God wants such a place? I'm like, that's not what I was looking for. <laughs> so I said to him, I thought he didn't understand. I said, no, 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 not, I don't want to build a new house. Not for me. It's for these girls that I spoke to the Rishi about whatever it is. And they really want this badly. I really want this badly. I just need a bracha that I should be able to raise the money. He looks at me. He's getting a little like, angry. And he says, I'm like, oh my God, he just, like, he's cursing me, he's not blessing me. And so I said, I want to say it again, the guy says, enough, he understood you? It seems to be, no. She was saying, no. And he sends me out. I'm some brachen. I called my, my brother-in-law, Yankee, and I'm like, uh, I just went into a Steinman, and uh, I don't think this is happening. I think he just cursed us that this is just never going to happen. Anyway, even though the Rosh Hashiva told me that, but you know, you do your own thing anyway. When I got back, I'm like, maybe I didn't understand him, maybe he didn't understand me, and I went to try to raise the money. And I raised $2,000. Wherever I went, oh, I just invested in something. I saw, it ain't happening. Rosh Steinman said that, it ain't happening. The next, so I didn't build it, didn't have it. Next year I came, a day, also the day before Yom Kippur, I came to him again. I'm going to ask him again. Right? Maybe I'm a guy, maybe I'm a shagitz, maybe I had to do tshuva. I don't know why I got that reaction. It wasn't a good reaction. Now, Rav Steinman, from year to year, from Erevim Kippur to Erevim Kippur, must have seen 10,000 people with all kinds of problems. Okay? So, I go to him and I say, Rosh Hashiva, I want to build a dorm, same thing. For the girls, uh, I need, we, we, I said, it got much worse. Now the girls are not even going home to their parents. The girls are in the street. I said, we need a dormitory. We need to have these girls in our house for Shabbos. I said, it's mama's such a big need right now that I don't know if I can keep the school open anymore because I'm wasting my time. I need $350,000 in your bracha. I should be able to get it really fast. He looks at me and he says, is that Zion? Within three months after Yantiv, you'll have all the money. And he leans forward and, and it's got the Gabo, you know, there's always guys in the room. And I'm telling you that the Shechina is going to live in the house with the girls. I was like, wow. That's what I was looking for. So I said to him, why last year you said, Hashem doesn't, who knows if Hashem wants this place, and now Hashem's moving in. What? That's how I said it. He smiled. I said, he didn't even want it, and now he's moving in. What happened? Like, is it me? Did I do something? 
said something unbelievable. I should tell you a gadol how they listen. He says, last year when you came, you told me that you want and the girls want to build a dorm. Because you want means Hashem wants. Everything a person wants, Hashem wants. He says, so I said, who says Hashem wants? Because you want, Hashem wants, he says. But this year, you said, you need. Hashem gives his children whatever they need. So you said, you need, they need, the girls need, for sure you'll have it. It happened, not even three months. There were, there were two guys in my place to see the girls, talk to the girls. I told him about the dorm. He said, I'm giving a hundred. He told the other guy that was with him, if I'm giving a hundred, you're giving a hundred. I said, okay, I'm giving a hundred. There was one of my friends and someone else that came to visit just to see the school, whatever it is. He was standing there like, and you? He goes, I'll give a hundred fifty. Done. One shot. All three of them. In one day. Done. Built it, done it, built, whatever. Three hundred fifty thousand. So, so the, the godless, he spoke to so many people. He remembered Zechariah Wallace in this American that I said I want, and now I said I need. That's where Steiner was. How does he remember the exact word? Gadol. Yeah, he always remembered that was a Gadol. A Gadol. I mean, what a mind, but that they listen, they listen to every word, and they understand what comes out of you. Mm. Thousands of people with all kinds of problems. That's who the Gadol, that's who the Gadol Hadar is. And I, I actually was invited to a little bit of a modern, um, Matzi Shabbos party for singles over 40. You know, the guys are not, they're, they're, they want to get married, but whatever it is, you know. And the girls are older, and I got up and I said, I don't want you to be angry at me, but I have to tell you a story from a Gadol. And I told him this story and I said, how many, how many people in this room want to get married? And how many people in this room need to get married? I said, I'm not giving you Muslim, but when you need to get married, the rough, the, the, the Hadar said, when you need, Hashem gives you what you need. I think everyone here just wants to get married. I think you need to become, I need to get married. When you need to get married, I can't live. Not I'm a single guy. Oh, yeah, I'm a rich girl and she's pretty. Yeah, maybe. You know, send me the right one. You want to get married. Yeah, Hashem's like, because you want it. I don't want it. doesn't mean I want it. But when you're like, Hashem, I can't, I can't, I can't go home alone tonight. I cannot, I cannot be alone anymore. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm dep- I need to get married. So the message to everyone from Rav Steinman is that if you want something, doesn't mean Hashem wants it. But if you need something, Hashem always gives His children what they need. So the tefillah has to be, and I think that's why Mashiach's not here. Because they wrote the song wrong. They wrote the song, we want Mashiach now. No. Doesn't work. We need Mashiach. We have to change the song to We Need Mashiach, and we'll see him in Harry Amen. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.